We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. Meet the Mets. Meet the Mets. Head for the park and greet the Mets. Because the Mets are really rocking that ball. Hitting those home runs over the wall. Time now for the Grubhub Mets Playoff Extra. Go for Grubhub and let's go Mets. Martinez rocking back and forth as he delivers. And a drive in the air to left. There she goes. A long home run for Alonzo. Deep into the lower left field stands. Way behind the 358 mark. Pete Alonzo pounces on Nick Martinez's first pitch of the bottom of the fifth inning. And the Mets are back in front. It is 3-2 to two New York. Pete Alonzo's first postseason home run. Live outside City Field. Here's Rich Ackerman and Andrew Bogus. Well, if that call from Howie Rose doesn't get you going and a deciding game, I don't know what will. Rich Ackerman and Andrew Bogus with you live from City Field Plaza before Game 3 of the Mets and the Padres. And, Andrew, we're here. We didn't think this would be the case maybe 24 hours ago, but what an interesting weekend it has been when you consider what the atmosphere was leading up to Friday's Game 1. Yesterday, the nervous energy of the fans entering the building. And today, you know, a little more laid back, maybe a little more confident. And I think if you believe in momentum, you have to believe it's on the Mets' side after last night's win. The edge is certainly off, Met fans that are filing into City Field here in the plaza outside the old home run apple from Shea Stadium. Tom Seaver, the SNY, sets off behind us as well. I think Sunday afternoon, some football, some traffic. It's not as busy as it was this time pregame yesterday but those fans that are here they're definitely less nerves because last night a lot of things that had not gone correctly on Friday went correctly yesterday and as most people thought the Mets were the better team in this head-to-head and they looked the part last night so I think their fans have a little more confidence today although one game for everything is always dicey. This is true, and it always comes down to the starting pitchers as well. We have Chris Bassett and Joe Musgrove, who was an all-star and earned that big contract extension from the Padres just a couple of months ago. But uh, again, if you're if you're looking to continue the momentum built by last night's win, as you mentioned, everything went the Mets' way. They got the starting pitching performance from Jacob DeGrom they needed. It might not have been perfect, but it was certainly more than good enough. Buck Showalter pressed all the right buttons, bringing in Edwin Diaz in the seventh, which could have turned out to be a risky move at the time. Oh, it, it was a risky. Off. It paid off. I mean, we could do the entire hour of this show on that decision because sitting in the press box around baseball writers, broadcasters, I'd say almost exclusively was disagreement in Edwin Diaz coming in in the seventh inning. No one really understood exactly what was going on, how long he was going to go, who he was going to face, why is he coming in for eight, nine, and one. Soto's not due up in this inning, but it all worked out. And then the conversation started again as that bottom of the seventh went 20 minutes, 30 minutes, 40, everyone going why is no one warming up? They can't bring him back, can they? And they brought him back, and it seemed to work well. But now we see what the after effect is today. If Diaz is off, if Diaz is limited, 
then it's fair to go back and wonder, especially about putting him back out for the eighth inning last night. But in the seventh, it worked, and it helped change the game in the Mets' favor for good. And without question, we'll get into more of that with Terry Collins, the former Mets manager, give him a managerial perspective on that a little later on this hour. But you look at that moment, and that really was, I don't know if you want to say that the turning point, you could call it that, but it certainly sealed the deal, I think, at that point, because you brought him in, and look, there's risk-reward with everything, but I mm-hmm. think if you're Buck Walter, how are you going to sleep best at night? And I think you don't want to get beat with your best guy still sitting in the bullpen. That was the time to bring him in. You know, I was just surprised because it was 8-9-1, but then again, you say if one of those guys gets on and now you're bringing him in to face Juan Soto, at least he starts the inning cleanly and, right. and gets through it, and that was no issue. Again, coming back out for the eighth was interesting because of the long layoff, but you still have Manny Machado. I think once Manny Machado is cleared and you're able to retire him, you're not as worried about the rest of the lineup, and I think that was probably part of the thinking. And don't forget, the last time we saw Buck Showalter managing a playoff game was a do-or-die game. His Orioles in Toronto, they went extra innings, and he never used his best reliever, Zach Britton, saving him for the save that never materialized. So they go to Diaz again. Who am I? Nobody. I thought thought DeGrom had one more inning, and then I thought you'd go to Diaz for 8-9 and and be done with it. They didn't go that way. Then the Mets hit themselves out of the save situation. I thought that gave Buck the, the, the opening to go to somebody else and have Diaz fresh for today. Didn't go that route. But what it boils down to, and I'm going to whisper this, we talked to Terry Collins before this show, so we already know what Terry's going to say, and I don't want to steal that, but you're going to hear him say that you have to decide in games like this, there's a particular inning where you decide to claim the game. And that's what Buck Showalter did in the seventh by going to Edwin Diaz. He decided up 3-2, Trent Grisham coming up, another home run from him last night. This is when we're going to put a chokehold on the game, and he did it with Diaz. And the other part of that is you still have Adam Adovino and Seth Lugo, who wound up finishing out the yeah. game. Uh, and you do have a lot of relievers at that at that point that you can turn to. You you know, look, when, when it made it a lot easier... Uh, for Buck to make those decisions after the seventh when the Mets had that beginning and he could kind of rest easy a little maybe after that. I don't know if you ever rest easy as the manager, especially when you got bases loaded in the ninth. Right. But, but he did have a, 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 a you know a, a plethora of arms to turn to at that time and, and guys he can depend on. So the one thing to look forward to, or really I guess two, Adovino struggles plus throwing 32 pitches. We don't know what his availability is for that. And we don't even know necessarily what the trust level is in him coming off of last night. But as far as Diaz goes, he's going to pitch in this game unless it's, you know, 8 9 nothing in one direction or the other. He's going to pitch in this game. But it's worth pointing out, in the regular season, when he threw 28 pitches or more, he threw 28 last night, he did not pitch the next day. So when he comes in today, it's somewhat uncharted territory for him. But he's a guy that warms up fast, that always wants to pitch. He is a freak athlete. So there are guys who you have to worry about pitching like this back-to-back, but he doesn't seem to be one of them. Tonight's starting pitcher for the Mets, Chris Bassett, did not fare well last Sunday in Atlanta. Uh, he said he was maybe a little too amped up and was overthrowing, but he's a guy that has been consistently good for the Mets this year and, and a guy that can work deep into games. I think you probably look at six innings as 
the hope of what you can get out of them. Anything else after that is gravy. But uh, it, it does. It, tonight is a bit about the starting pitchers and, and who can get the better of which lineup. And you, you certainly hope if you're Buck Showalter that it's Bassett because we've seen Joe Musgrove have some big games. Yeah. Uh, in, the, in the past, he has a no-hitter to his credit. He has pitched in playoff situations. He does have a World Series ring. Uh, so the, the credentials are certainly there. But the guy that is the toughest guy in this rotation is you, Darvish, which they struggled with Friday night. They got to Blake Snell early, and they have to use the same recipe tonight. Musgrove was a better pitcher this year in the first half, but he did seem to finish strong. Only gave up, I think it was one earned run over his last 22 innings in the regular season. So he seems to be going in the right direction here. And he is one of the more... I don't know, underrated, unknown. He's a really high-end pitcher. He's a gritty guy. He's not going to, I would think, not be overwhelmed by the moment. Blake Snell seemed to be shook at times by the crowd and the umpire last night. I don't think Joe, Joe Musgrove falls into that same kind of situation. You maybe just get hits off him and beat him, but I don't know that But Joe Musgrove's going to answer the bell mentally and emotionally tonight, and it's going to be up to the Mets to solve that and get to him early and try to keep the good feelings of the late offense last night going here in this one today. Well, I think one thing that bodes in their favor, at least, aside from everything we've mentioned, is the Mets tend to see a lot of pitches. And and especially how many times have we seen pitchers, starting pitchers, throw more than 20 pitches against them in the first inning of games in the regular season. If they can continue that trend, last night was another situation where they saw a lot of pitches, and obviously Blake Snell left the game very early. But if they can uh, you know, make that pitch count go up, early and often, uh, you know, again, trying to get to that Padres bullpen before you see Josh Hader on the back end. Hopefully you never see him. But I think also, too, the same is true for the Padres because Chris Bassett can throw a lot of pitches and can it can be an effort for Bassett. So I think he falls in that same danger zone, especially coming off of Atlanta last week. If he can't find the edges, if he has to nibble a little bit and it's not working correctly, then this can go south for him just as quickly. So you've got to be careful on that front for the Mets as well. We're just getting started here live from City Field Plaza on Grubhub Mets Playoff Extra. When we come back, you'll hear from Tom Kaminsky, who's been giving you the traffic reports. Big, long-time Met fan, so we'll get a little bit of everything. Your commute to the game and also the fan perspective. It's all coming up as you're listening to Grub, Grubhub Mets Playoff Extra. Go for Grubhub. We're live from the City Field Plaza on WCBS News Radio 880. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress-them-on-the-third-date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Selling a little or a lot? Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is here to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell everywhere. From their all-in-one e-commerce platform to their in-person POS system. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify has got you covered. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 36% 
15% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. And sell more with less effort thanks to Shopify Magic, your AI-powered all-star. Shopify powers 10% of all e-commerce in the U.S. And Shopify is the global force behind Allbirds, Rothy's, and Brooklinen, and millions of other entrepreneurs of every size across 175 countries. Plus, Shopify's award-winning 24-7 help is there to support your success every step of the way. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash odysseypodcast, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash odysseypodcast now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash odysseypodcast. Baseball is back, and so is MLB.tv. Watch every out-of-market, regular season game on your favorite streaming devices. Anywhere, anytime, all season long. Follow the action live or on demand. Track four games at once with multi-view mode and catch up with in-game highlights. Plus, original programs, minor league broadcasts, and local pre- and post-game shows. Go to MLB.tv to start your free trial today. Blackout and other restrictions apply. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission. Every pitch is such high intensity. The first pitch of the game is high leverage, as everybody calls it, in games like this. But there's also a little extra adrenaline reservoir to pick from, I think, in games like this. There's no, you go for it, and it is. And you, you, Jake, all our guys are guys that easily put your head on the pillow because they, they, they get it. This is the Grubhub Mets Playoff Extra. Go for Grubhub. It was four hours and 13 minutes of high adrenaline <laughs> last night, that's for sure. It was taxing watching that game last night, but I'll, I'll be honest, it didn't feel long until the seventh inning, and then all hell broke loose in the bottom of the seventh. The 43 minutes, every other pitch is a timeout, more pitch calm issues. It was a lot. Rich Ackerman, Andrew Bogish coming to you on Grubhub Mets Playoff Extra live from the City Field Plaza before the deciding game three between the Mets and the Padres tonight. You just heard his voice just a couple of moments ago, giving you all the information on the commute over to City Field tonight. Fans starting to come off the 7 train and the LIRR as the excitement is building toward first pitch. Tom, good to see you again. Rich, good to see you too. Andrew, good to see you as well. And uh, glad to be here nice and early as everybody kind of files <laughs> on in here. And yeah, you know, you mentioned it. The 7 uh, train, that's the way to go. The Long Island Railroad, that's certainly the way to go. And uh, as we heard from uh, from our executive producer, Tim Shell, at least in this immediate area, not too bad yet on the Grand Central. It is starting to build. However, getting to it is going to be an issue. And that uh, that has has been the issue. We've got at least an hour delay at the inbound side, GWB. Well, Tom, uh, taking off your traffic hat for a moment, putting on the old fan hat. We were here April 15th for the home opener on the day in which they unveiled the Tom Seaver statue. You had you, you were beaming that day with a smile ear to ear. It's been quite a ride. It hasn't always been the easiest ride, but it has been quite a ride. And how do you feel? It's going? It's been a memorable ride this year, and I'm getting the same feeling tonight that I'm getting uh, that we had on, on opening day, just that, that anticipation and that 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 whole thought that good things are going to happen and what's been interesting for for me uh my son and i have had the the chance to go to a, a couple of different ballparks around uh around the league this this uh, summer we've been very fortunate to do that uh and and it's uh, you know you have that 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 
diehard contingency no matter no matter where you go but it's always it, there've always been some some really good feelings and it's that anticipation and I'm I'm looking around here now and uh, you know you mentioned that, that we were here for for opening day when they unveiled the the Tom Seaver statue uh, I had my Tom Seaver jersey on I've got it in the, I will be putting it on <laughs> before I go into the ballpark later the karma. Uh, yeah, that's right I'm not going to change that but I'm looking around you know I see a Scherzer jersey I see a strawberry jersey I saw a couple of other uh, uh, Tom Seaver jersey it, this is a generational thing uh, you know I'm seeing uh, uh, looking at somebody with uh, with an Alonzo jersey right next to him a DeGrom jersey so again it's a generational thing my son when he first started going to games his favorite player was David Wright and certainly a good guy to be uh, you know to be following but uh, that's that's the thing I love coming to ball uh, to, uh, to to City Field and really everywhere so is, it you know, is, is seeing just uh, the, the generations, you know, people passing this along. That's always a great thing. It's 549 right now. When do the traffic cameras go off, the headset goes down, and you go in and start <laughs> I taunting will, Joe when, Musgrove? When we, when, we go, when we go to pregame, uh, I will put the headset <laughs> down. I'll put the Seaver jersey on, and I will, and I will uh, head on inside. Well, how do you feel going into game three? Confident, I, nervous? I feel a little nervous. I feel confident. Uh, again, it was it was kind of a slog to get through yesterday. Uh, but uh, I, uh, a good friend of mine was here on, on Friday night, and, you know, it started out uh, with, with all of the anticipation and all the excitement, and unfortunately the air went out of the place was the way he described it to mm-hmm. me, you know, uh, immediately. Uh, and, uh, and last night I had friends who were here last night and said it was the exact opposite 180 degrees and it was just it just kept on going uh, so it's been uh, it's it's been it's been great and and as you said it's been a great ride this year so we'll you know we'll take it as long as it lasts what do you want to see what will settle those nerves early I, in this game tonight I, for you? I, I want to see the Mets get in front early I think that's that's been key uh, and uh, as long as Chris Bassett is 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 settled in early uh, I think uh, I think we'll be okay and that's uh, you know what I really want to see is I want to i want to see me here next friday that's what i really want to see uh you know with my son we're going to make sure we get him here too so. you know last night to me brandon nimmo was one of the unsung heroes and you kind of felt good right off the bat when he let off with the single one of three hits he was on base four times last night i i think a, a big hit early will go a long way absolutely it'll it'll it'll, it'll quell the nerves right away i would i would think and then uh, everybody can kind of settle back and enjoy this because that's what that's really what everybody wants to do here but yeah it's it's always that nervousness it's you know my 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 hair is gray for a reason and <laughs> and, and 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 my love for the new york mets is a good part of that reason uh, over these years now maybe most importantly can you get rich home about 45 minutes from now can that you guide him say, back I to will, Brooklyn? I, uh, about 45 minutes from now <laughs> <laughs> let's see my crystal ball is a little bit cloudy right do, now Rich. i gotta do the george jets and have one of those uh, you know <laughs> helicopters uh, whatever you want to call it yeah, the little yeah those little jet things yeah that would be that would be perfect uh, you know it would make my job uh, a little bit more interesting if something like that happened. it's not too bad i'll still have howie and wayne so uh, there I, you go. I, i'm i'm good there so there you go. uh you know as we 
you know, I don't know how many playoff games you've actually been able to attend in your lifetime, but, uh, you know, look, I, I said this yesterday, that the Mets are someone like, a, like an EKG. There are a lot of highs and a lot of lows, but in between, there's a lot of happiness. What, what's, the, what's the biggest memory that you have, whether you were here or not? I was, uh, my son and I were here in, in 2015, and uh, in 2015, I'm trying to think, he was uh, uh, 12 years old. Uh, in 2015, and my my fondest memory was walking in to the first World Series game here, which was something I had always wanted to do. You know, and and when he was little, he would always ask me, you know, are the are the Mets going to be in the World Series? And it's like, no, not this year. <laughs> when we walked in, I just I just my my. I got very emotional just yeah. looking around um, that day before the before any first pitch was thrown. That was you know a really emotional thing for me. Tom Kaminsky, great job. Enjoy the game tonight. Thank Hope you, it works out you the too. way you're you're hoping. But uh, we are a little more than an hour and a half away from first pitches. We count you down right here on Grubbub Mets Playoff Extra. Coming up next, one of the voices of City Field, Colin Cosell, as you're listening to Grubbub Mets Playoff Extra. Go for Grubbub. Coming to you live from the City Field Plaza on WCB. News Radio 880. They let me know before the game what is their plan with me, and I, I get to the bullpen early, and I was ready to to get the call from Buck and, and came to the game, and I came early, I do my job, and they asked me for another inning, I came out and they we, we had to win this game. If they asked me for more, I was I was ready, I was feeling great, but you know they they take me out because they need me for tomorrow, and we, we gotta win the tomorrow game too. Let's see what, how how I feel. I will feel great because you no know, I feel great every time. But if they need me more than three hours, we'll be ready because we got to win tomorrow. You're listening to the Grubhub Mets Playoff Extra. Go for Grubhub. Edwin Diaz, one of the heroes of last night's game, through 28 pitches. Mets hoping that he'll be able to give them the same type of performance tonight and seal the deal as we inch up closer and closer to first pitch of the deciding game. Rich Ackerman along with Andrew Bogish coming to you live from the City Field Plaza on Grubhub Mets Playoff Extra. Man who has the privilege of being able to introduce Edwin Diaz and one of the voices of City Field joins us right now, Colin Cosell. Colin, how are you? I'm doing well, Rich. How are you, sir? All right. There must be a little more pep in the step when you when you get to this point in the season. Every game is always a lot of fun, but when when the playoffs come, it amps up to another level. What was that like for you, being behind the mic and and, and getting to read off the lineups and and whatever else that comes with with the night, whether it's Edwin Diaz or anybody else? I mean, it was a complete flood of emotions. You know, you work uh, the entire season building up to this point, and when I was signed on to be a PA announcer back in 2018, the end game is to call a game in City Field in the World Series, and the first step to do that is to do the wild card or the DS or whatever it is that's asked of us. So. Uh, you know, it, it for me, it was uh, a mix of emotion. It was super exciting, and uh, also, you know, you don't want to lose. You don't want to be on the mic when the uh, the team loses. Thank goodness we won. We're still alive, and I believe in this team. <laughs> now, you have a partner. You guys are switching throughout, but I would, I would argue, knowing you and rooting for you to a certain extent, that the Mets win last night, you should stay on and do the next game until they lose again. Uh, but you're not doing tonight's game. No, no. We made an agreement long ago that we would alternate games. Uh, so when we win tonight, that means I'll be here for uh, game three of the NLDS against the LA Dodgers on Friday. Uh, look, Matasal is an incredible partner uh, in crime, and I, that's it with a capital PA for public address. Uh, <laughs> that is our running joke. She's become uh, she's become a, a dear friend of mine. I'm rooting for her. Uh, she's going to get the win for us tonight. And as a nice hockey goalie, believe me, I'm 
super superstitious, but right. uh, I believe I believe in the fact that I'm wearing my good luck socks. Uh, and uh, yeah, I'm I'm ready for anything. I know she is too, and we're gonna get this win. It's like the old line in Bull Durham: if you're on a hot streak because you're wearing something interesting, then that's that's what you keep doing. But uh, you've seen a lot of these games, obviously, this year. This is something special. When we get to the postseason, it certainly has been a dis- different atmosphere all year long. So going into this deciding game, how do you, what's the feeling uh, in the gut tonight for you? I mean, obviously there's nerves, but I feel like the momentum swing happened last night in the fifth inning thereafter, and I think we've rattled this team. I think we need to get after Musgrove uh, early and often, and uh, then, you know, we, we've seen what Diaz can do. I think we've got the, the setup man uh, to, to, to do it, and Look, Chris Bassett is a workhorse, and he said you grind, you grind, you grind them, and that was in his first start of the season, and we believe in that now, and that is totally our mantra going into tonight. So let me ask you about Diaz and Narco on the trumpets. Do you remember when it turned to being really this huge fan-involved thing? Was it right from the start or did it take a couple of weeks into the season for it really to catch on and become almost like must-see TV late in the game? <laughs> yeah, when he, uh, when he first joined, he, uh, he used Narco when he uh, was you know, on another team that we won't mention because uh, as far as I'm concerned, he's a lifelong Met. Uh, and he re- realized it wasn't working for him. So he went back to the tried and true, went to Narco, and we were all like, what is this? This is awesome. And we were coming off of uh, the pandemic, so the fans weren't really in the stands yet, and it was still kind of touch and go, and there was that air of uncertainty. Uh, but then fans have been aware of it in the city field for a while. It went viral this summer uh, because of uh, some tremendous directing work by SNY, and they made it very cinematic, and it was this whole buildup. On top of that, he was having just an incredible season. Uh, so it was this season that it, it really took off, I'd say around July, uh, and then to be a part of it, uh, to announce him and be a part of that drama, um, you know, I rehearsed it. You know, how was how was I <laughs> going to introduce him? How was it going to fit into Narco? When to do it? And to be brutally honest with you, I didn't nail it until like two weeks ago. And I was <laughs> well, like, good okay, timing. Here you go now. Exactly. So when he came in last night, I was ready. Uh, my voice was starting to feel a little hoarse. Drank some hot water and tea, gargled, ready to go, and boom, he came in. And uh, the hairs on the back of my neck are standing up right now. Well, absolutely. And you know, the interesting thing about Edwin Diaz is I can't remember a New York athlete who sunk to the depths that he had sunk to uh, and had no fans behind him to turning around doing a complete 180 to where he is now and everyone loves him here rich that's an incredible point because you know this is one of those cities where you could be a superstar and you will fail if you can't handle the new york media the new york fans edwin has that gumption he's got something within him that i just i can't put my finger on i wish i could but i'm just glad he did for to be able to turn it around in New York City with fans that will boo you if you have a bad outing. Max Scherzer Friday night. I mean, who would have thought that would ever happen in a million years? Diaz found it within himself, and he is also a workhorse, and now he is the crown jewel of this New York Mets playoff run, and I'm thrilled for him and uh, obviously really excited to see it because it's been a huge part of our success. In the non-narco league, what's your favorite name to announce on this team? Oh, that is brutal. Uh, why are you going to do that? Whoever had the last home run, whoever's going to get the crowd riled up. Uh, <laughs> last night I went uh, almost operatic on announcing Jacob deGrom, and that was just during starting lineups. It's always awesome to announce him. Alonzo, McNeil, our batting champ, uh, just, you know, all of them. I just, I love this team. I love their chemistry. I'm happy to bring any of them into the game as long as they're going to get us a win.
Colin, it was great having you aboard. Hopefully we'll get to hear your voice in the next round. Uh, but uh, thanks for a couple of minutes. Greatly appreciate it. Enjoy the game tonight. Thank you, Rich, and thank you, Andrew. Great to see you thanks, both again. Colin. Let's All go right. Mets. Colin Cosell, one of the voices of City Field, not on the mic tonight. That'll be Manisol Castro, but uh, hopefully Colin will be with you in the next round. Coming up, you'll hear from former manager Terry Collins as you're listening to Grubhub Mets Playoff Extra. Go for Grubhub live from City Field Plaza on WCBS News Radio 880. Being able to come up clutch in a, in a spot like that to, to get the lead, um, I mean that was that was awesome. And uh, hopefully, hopefully I can hit uh, hit a few more like that um, tomorrow and moving forward. So just really happy I was able to help the team. This is the Grubhub Mets Playoff Extra. Go for Grubhub. Mets first baseman Pete Alonso got on track last night with a home run. One of the many stars of last night's game is the Mets. Hope to continue on in the postseason with the deciding game of the wild card round coming up. Welcome back to Grubhub Mets Playoff Extra. Rich Ackerman along with Andrew Bogish. And now it's time to check in with former Mets manager Terry Collins. Well, I'm just glad we're talking again today. That was a, that was a big win for us last night. And, you know, I just think it's, it's going to take some momentum and get them ready for tonight. I was really, really excited the way that team finished last night. I thought bringing Diaz in when, he, when Buck did was the, the turning point. You know, let's go back to that for a second before we even go back to or take a look at tonight. But that is such a crucial moment, and you have to weigh the risk and reward in that spot. Nobody knows it as well as you do. You know, when you have to make that decision, what are what are the risks or risks that you're weighing at that moment? Well, obviously, the one thing is, you know, anytime in the in the in the game itself, there's a there's a time when you got to say, hey, we're going to win or we're going to lose at this inning. So you know you bring your you bring your strength in in that particular situation with Buck did, but you know what? If they do get back in the game, obviously now you you know you, it wasn't like you used to be able to do where you could get a matchup and hey I'm going to bring in a lefty for this guy and a righty for the next two guys. You know now you got to bring in somebody you got to face three hitters. And so uh, the game has changed that and kind of takes a little bit of the uh, strategy away on a manager's point. But uh, I just. I just thought the last night in that particular situation, certainly that was the move to make. So this is why I'm not you, Terry. It's why I'm not Buck Showalter. The seventh inning felt early to me. But beside that point, what about having Diaz in the dugout for 40-plus minutes and then putting him back out for the eighth inning? How would have you have handled that situation? Well, you know, that's tough. That is really, really tough. But, you know, our the stadiums today are such that he can go behind. He, you know, he can just walk you know, 15 feet behind the dugout, and there's a place you can keep your arm loose, play a little catch in that hallway. There's a hallway right behind the dugout where if you have to, you can go back and keep loose a little bit. And I don't know if, if uh, you know, Diaz did that, but certainly, you know, you hate to have your guy sit there and get stiff, especially after he's been, you know, he's already warmed up. He's coming to the game. He's got, and now he's going to sit there for a while. But, you know, as I said, there's there's ways to keep him ready. Talking with former Mets manager Terry Collins. And Terry, let's go to the starter for last night, Jacob DeGrom, who gave the Mets what he needed, even if it wasn't vintage. Uh, it was still more than good enough. But is velocity dip? Uh, and, you know, when you're throwing more than 100, I guess maybe it's a little hard to keep it up and maintain it. But he then went slider heavy in the middle innings. Was that by a scouting report or by necessity, do you think? Well, probably both. Uh, I, I, you know, certainly with his slider, you know, it's just, when he when it's working and when he's got it, you know, and you know he just 
buries it glove side and his location is so good with that pitch that I think maybe both things that hey look this is my this is my best pitch I've got go working tonight even though I am throwing 100 I've been making mistakes in the last few games with you know leaving balls out over the plate so I'm going to just make him hit my slider and I and that's probably uh you know some of the strategies that he and Jeremy did uh between innings or as the game went along but certainly you know, Jake, Jake knows himself better than anybody. And I think that's what he said. Hey, look, I've got to do this to get through this game. Did it remind you Terry of Dodger stadium seven years ago where he wasn't his absolute best, but he still got it through six. Right. And that's, you know, that's what, that's what he does. And then, you know, I, I think we talked about it yesterday. This guy is such a competitor that he, and he gets pitching. He gets hey, look, you know, I don't have my best stuff tonight. Therefore I've got to really focus on not making mistakes until I find my release point, find that, that mechanical adjustment that, you know, a lot of times that he makes during games to get things, but he's a different pitcher today than he was back then. You know, he's a hundred mile an hour, high fastball slider guy back then. He was a two seam guy, had a curveball, ball. He used to change up a little more effectively. And that's the thing that I, you know, that I think those real good pitchers do it. Look, they know what's working. And so, but they still have got to use all their other pitches. They just don't, they just, don't want to have to make a mistake with it. And so you'll throw, see him throw some balls off the plate intentionally because they know they got to get him out with a certain other pitch and they just set that pitch up so effectively. You take a look at tonight. Uh, does last night's result benefit either team uh, or at least in, in, in particular the Mets, but uh, does that result carry over into tonight giving one team an edge over another? Well, I, I do. I just think, you know, with the Mets getting back in it, I really, I really, think the energy level with the Mets is going to be huge tonight. You know, and you, you guys brought it up yesterday. Look, you know, Alonzo and Lenore have to come through and they did last night. And I, you know, and I think it's a great carryover in, into tonight. Musgrove's got, you know, he's a good pitcher. He's got good stuff, but you're playing in New York. You saw last night how it affected some of the, you know, the, with, with Snell, he had trouble here, you know, with that pitch comp thing, he had trouble mm-hmm. hearing all the, you know, the, with the noise. And I just think that's going to be a big factor tonight. Terry, as disappointed as the Mets were and their fans were with the entire weekend in Atlanta and Chris Bassett throwing the game on Sunday, fast forward to now and the way Bassett talked yesterday, maybe the silver lining is that start in Atlanta taught him how to approach today's even bigger game. He seems to know what he didn't do well Sunday and how he can adjust to it for for this one tonight. Yeah, you know, one of the things those three guys do, you know, they just don't walk guys. And when you're walking people like they did last weekend, that's, you know, that's a rarity. So I think they go and they, you know, they certainly study the films and study their mechanics and see what they did. And then they, they jump on it. And especially Chris Bassett, you guys have you've seen it all season long. This guy is a teacher of pitching. He's a talker of pitching. He's always, they're always discussing things on the, you know, during the game. They're all, they've all got the, the iPad out where they're talking about how to do what, you know, about rotation and about hey, lo- location and the different things. And, and Chris Bassett, he will be, I will tell you, he will be as prepared as anybody for tonight. Talk with former Mets manager, Terry Collins. And, and Terry, when I, I read the remarks by, about Bassett uh, concerning playing in New York, and this team has really embraced pressure well, but, you know, I, I guess you could take those remarks about, you know, the extremes of playing in New York any way you want. I took them as, as somewhat humorous and, uh, and somewhat realistic, but uh, I couldn't help but think of you with like a little air balloon on top of my head saying, yeah, try managing in New York. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm going to tell you, it's, uh, it, it's 
chance. I, I wish every guy, every manager had a chance to do it, and every player had a chance to play here. Because if you ever leave New York, you will see how exciting it is to play on that stage. I mean, the fan bases in, at both both stadiums are some kind of intense. They know the game. They, you know, most of the people have all grown up in the game. They, their parent, you know, they were they went to games when they were little kids. They know people. They know they understand it all. So when you play or you manage in New York City, you better be ready because you're going to get, you know, people are on top of things and. You know, you make decisions. By the way, you know, people sit in the stands and and they manage the game sitting in the stands all night long. And it's a little different in other parks, you know, where they just go and try to be entertained. But New York, they're into it. Terry, can you walk us through what you'd be doing in the hours before a game like this in terms of gauging where your relievers are, even maybe Max Scherzer, where he is, what they can give you tonight? Are those one-on-one conversations, one big meeting? How do you know who you have at your disposal for a game like this? Well, I would have started it last night. Um, you know, after the game, when the game was over and we won, I think I probably would have certainly talked to uh, the pitching coach, the bullpen coach. Let's talk about tomorrow. You know what what we're looking at, and then of course, 24 hours later, you got to go see those same guys. And you know, I'm sure when, as soon as Diaz walks through the door, Buck's going to have him in the office saying, "Hey, what do you got for me tonight? You know, is it one? Is it you know? Do you get do you have a, an inning in the third? Or, you know, and so, because this is this is a big win situation, but those things are all discussed way before the game starts, and then you know during batting practice, so you walk around and you, and again that's where you can kind of get into a guy and say, and, and tonight, by the way, every single guy will say, give me the baseball. You know, they they know this could be they they got tomorrow off either way, but this is the game they got to win, and they want to win so bad there. I'm sure everybody's going to say, I'm ready. I'll do whatever you need me to do for tonight's game. Gary, Joe Musgrove was an all-star this year. He's got a new contract. He has playoff experience, but like Blake Snell, uh, over the last two months of the season, didn't really work late into games. Is the recipe for the Mets uh, the same as it, uh, the recipe for success, the same as it was last night for the Mets? Make them throw a lot early and get to that bullpen quickly? Well, you know what? In my opinion, the answer is yes. That's exactly what they've got to do. They can't get out of what they do well, and that's make those starting pitchers really, really work to get outs. You know, they 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 you know, they did it last night. They took a lot of close pitches. They worked counts. They got defense counts. They took the base on balls. You know, and and boy, you look up and you know, in the fifth inning, those guys are coming out of the game, and now you got to go to that bullpen, which everybody knows late in the year, everybody's bullpens get overworked a little bit, and that's what and those are the guys you got to beat up on. So. I hope that hope the same strategy uh, that they used last night they're going to use again tonight. Terry, it's been great. Let's hope we're talking Tuesday. I hope so, guys. It's been a blast. Let's uh, let's hope that we get together on Tuesday. Mets manager Terry Collins, former Mets manager Terry Collins, he was feeling good coming into tonight. The Mets had the momentum. Andrew, looking at the crystal ball, what do you see? It has to look exactly, almost exactly like it did for the Mets last night. They need some big swings from their best bats. They need some timely hitting for the rest of the lineup. And Chris Bassett's got to do a Jacob DeGrom impersonation. He likes to say, I don't have Jake stuff. And that's one thing. But the end game's got to be the same. Into the sixth inning, keeping those Padre bats at bay. I totally agree. I thought the Mets would win Friday. I said they would. I said they'd win last night. So I'm staying with it. The Mets... We'll beat the Padres. That's the prediction. We'll talk to you Tuesday night, hopefully. But in the meantime, I want to thank John Metaxas, Carla Merrillis, Tom Kaminsky, with the traffic reports, Colin Cosell, Ray Martell, Steve Apria, and Tim Schell for all of our crew. 
right here. Coming up, game three between the Padres and the Mets. Joe Musgrove on the mound for San Diego. Chris Bassett going for the Mets. This has been the Grubhub Mets Playoff Extra. Go for Grubhub. Brad Heller has the pregame show coming up next. It should be a great one. Enjoy the call with Howie Rose and Wayne Randazzo on a great October night. And let's hope there's a Tuesday. This is Rich Ackerman saying, enjoy the game, everyone, and let's go Mets. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.